Saturn again from Week of Fox 24 with my 15th episode on Meeting the 92. We're getting into this journey now. It's, it's, it's getting good fun. It's getting good fun. And I've come to the, the heart of England. I mean, I'm in Yorkshire for the first time today on, on this tour. Great to be here. It's the county that I love. I bought Don't Let People Know, apart from those listening to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm at I'm I'm, I'm at Rotherham United, and I'm here today talking to Matt Lax from New York Talk. Uh, Matt, how you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Doing grand, doing grand. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely smashing. Uh, looking forward to this one tonight. Now, New York <laughs> Talk is, uh, mm. it's, uh, obviously, what, Rotherham United fan podcast, yeah. How uh, hmm. did it all get started? Was it, are you one of these like me that kicked off during COVID, or are you long long term? Uh, we were just before we we started doing it um, the November before COVID kicked in, uh, so we, we couldn't pick the worst time to start doing it. To be honest with you, we we started doing it a few months and then everything shut down, and you know I really had no no experience. We had to try and find something to fill the six months because uh, unlike the Premier League and the Championship we're in League One so we didn't get we were a full six months without any football um, so that was a really interesting uh, time to fill it was, it was great we got fans involved with like doing Greatest Eleven Rotherham United's Greatest Eleven some Greatest Game stuff um, it's been really good there isn't another podcast or anything really that's Rotherham United related um, so that's one of the reasons we decided to start doing it. We thought, well, I, I've seen all these other clubs have really good content and podcasts and YouTube channels and whatever. So I thought, well, if nobody else is going to do it for rather than I, let's have a go. Um, and it seems, seems people seem to seem to be enjoying it. <laughs> hey, no, that's what it's all about. It's just great to give supporters a voice. Um, mm. I think more than anything. And no, rather and now before we get started, do you, I do. <laughs> How do you refer to the club? Rotherham, Rotherham United? Is there a nickname? Is there any names I should avoid? I always have to ask this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it's referred to as the Millers. Our nickname is, right. is the Millers because right. of our uh, industry background. <laughs> of course, of course. And of course, you've had... It's been an interesting journey. I mean, even in my mm. lifetime, when I think back to sort of late 80s, early 90s, it's been up and down. There have been some high points, low points. Mm. Um, would you say just thinking it through then is it you know the sort of the supporter base there is is it the supporters that have really sort of kept the club going and ticking along through the difficult times mm. onto the more successful times and you know the real great times you've had in the more recent era it has yeah um rather than a typical sort of yorkshire club there's a real die-hard core uh, of a few thousand um when i when I, I first started going in the late night you know mid to late 90s i started going and we were getting 3,000, 4,000, something like that. And now regularly in the League One, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll double that. We're getting 9,000. If there's no away fans, we'll still probably get eight or 9,000 in, in League One. Um, so we've built on that sort of core. Uh, we've moved into, moved in, we'll talk about the stadium, I'm sure, but we moved into a new stadium in 2012. And since then, the, the, the support have come. And because you get, you know, we've got a new stadium, which is brilliant, but you've also got success. We've had double promotions, Wembley wins, everything else during that time. Um, and that's built the fan base and built the fan base, and it's been it's been it's been, it's been an emotional rollercoaster supporting this club. I tell you that. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Now, what 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 have been the high points? Then you know, you said sort of what 
what we talk in 25 years of following the club. One mm. thing, you, you know, two or just two or three, maybe, what, what the sort of high highlights of the mm. journey so far? Well, when I first started watching Ronnie Moore, a uh, club legend where he played before my time, but the club legend came in uh, and we got a double promotion from the bottom tier to the church, what is now the championship. Um, and we really were in a shoestring budget. We were really, really were the little boys in the championship. And to go on that journey was superb. Um, and then more modernly, we've had two Wembley wins. We beat Leighton Orient on penalties and we also beat Shrewsbury Town at Wembley. And there's nothing like winning at Wembley. You know, it's just, just you just dream of it. You dream of it as a fan. You dream of it as a child playing at Wembley winning. But the next best thing is going as a fan and watching your team go up them famous steps and lift the trophy to promotion. Um, yeah, some fantastic times at Wembley. Really, really are. Now, I've been, we were just saying off air, uh, Rotherham's. It is a place in my art. Uh, I went to the old Millmore back in the back mm. in the nineties. Really, it really is a it's a classic, traditional, historic, architectural dream. You know, in my opinion. Anyway, <laughs> now, uh, as you mentioned, there you moved to the new ground and the fans came. Well, that traditional support. It, it, there must be some there that still miss the old place. Yeah, you still get it. Um, and, and to be fair, Millmore, like you say, it's, if you think of a classic lower league football ground, Millmore is that classic old school ground. You've got four different stands, they're all different shapes and sizes in different setups. Uh, we had porter cabins for changing rooms for a period of time. Um, it, was, it was just the typical non league ground. And, it, and it, because of that, it was because of standing area, a lot of standing areas, it created an absolutely amazing atmosphere. Um, and and we had some amazing times. You know, I was I, I only watched this play at Millwall for just over ten years, but, but prior to that, you've got you know all these famous old legendary Rotherham players that played there, uh, and I can only imagine what it was like during those previous times. Um, but yeah, a special place, Millwall. We're still standing there, the derelict. Um, so we always drive past it on the way to Millwall. It's just literally within a few hundred yards of the new ground. Wow. Um, but yeah, a special place. No, I, I grew up on Rotherham United in that time, and some of my greatest memories of my childhood have been at Millmore, stood watching us beat the big boys. Uh, it's an amazing atmosphere at times. Millmore, a beautiful place. I mean, can you just you know, not only for me, for people listening, but uh, just explain because it was what two thousand seven, two thousand eight when you mm. moved out of Millmore, and then you had these four yeah. or five years at the Don Valley. Uh, what what was going on at that time? Because if I was rock, I mean, I've got my own kind of vague understanding, mm. but I'm sure you can explain it a lot clearer. Yeah, so we uh, during those uh, days in the late nineties, early two thousands, our chairman Ken Booth um, was a decent chairman, but he never put any money in. Uh, and a group of fans set up a group to take over the club, to you know, fan-owned club, uh, the the dream type scenario. But the deal they created with our former owner almost bankrupted us. Uh, the rent on the ground, we didn't own, didn't own the ground that was still owned by our former chairman. Uh-huh. And the rent on the ground for a League One and League Two was just completely unsustainable. Um, and then Tony Stewart, who's our current chairman, took over in about 2007, something like that, and basically played hardball, basically saying to, to the to Ken Booth family, if you don't put down this rent on the ground, we are going to have to leave because we can't afford to do it. And the deal never got brokered, so we had to leave Millmore. Um, it was it was tough, tough few years. A lot of fans didn't like it because we were in you know, a Millmore. It's a it's the spiritual home of Rotherham United, 
But it was right. If, if, we, if we'd have stayed there, there's a reasonable chance we might not have a club because it was an unsustainable sort of mm-hmm. uh, deal that was set up in the first place. My fans, had, you know, they had the right intentions, but they clearly it didn't set, whatever they did, they didn't do it right. And it put the, put the club's future in danger. Um, and Don Valley's Athletic Stadium, anyway, it's, it's not there anymore, it's been knocked down, but it was a 25,000-seater stadium which was built for the World Student Games. Um, and rather than, I, I, on a good day at Millmore, we got 7,000. Don Valley's in Sheffield. So fans, some fans boycotted it. Um, it was just the most soulless place to be. It was always cold. I don't know why, but always cold. Uh, with 3,000 people there, it was just a pitch was terrible. <laughs> the a week after we moved in, you two had a concert on the pitch. Oh Jesus! Uh, and ruined it. <laughs> yeah, ruined it for three and a half years. Um, <laughs> everything about it was just dreadful, and we and we played poorly throughout the four years. I think I think the fans being so far away because Athletic Stadium, as I say, being so far away and it not filling the ground, it it must have had such an impact on the players because mm-hmm. in a, all four of those years we never ever got going. And then the first year we moved back home to Rotherham, we got promoted. So it clearly did have a massive impact on the players and, and the management team at the time. Aye. No doubt. I mean, yeah, it's Don, Va- Don Valley's a weird one, really. It really, really, really <laughs> yeah. is. I think the best thing, yeah. done, best thing they've done is knock it down. Exactly. <laughs> God, God, but you've surprised me there telling me Millmore's still standing. Um, mm. Is that because of like the the way the deal sort of fell apart or didn't get brokered and the owners are still, is it still the same owners of the land? Are they hoping something else will happen there or it, what's Yeah. So still, still the, still the Booth family, uh, Ken Booth, that I thought chairman passed away uh, shortly after we moved out, but it's still, as far as I'm aware, it's still owned by his family. Hmm. My understanding is there's some sort of embargo from the council saying that the ground it's on has to be used for sport. Uh, I don't know if there's a time limit on that or something, but that, that's the that's the information I've heard. Uh-huh. Um, there's been rumours we're going to change it into a dog track. There's been rumours they want to turn it into a Tesco's, but that's <laughs> the shopping centre, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, as it stands, it is literally just there. It's not been turned into anything. There's a bar on the back of it. They just left. That's not that's not been opened. Um, the most use it gets is a car park because it's within walking distance to a new ground. Mm-hmm. Some people can still park there. That's that's as much use it's getting, which is a real shame. They could do something with it and make it into something, but they just don't. Well, I assume they haven't got the cash to do it. Now, New York Stadium. Mm. <laughs> How on earth did you get that name? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the way we've been told is that Rotherham and South Yorkshire is an industrial background, lots of steelwork. Um, and the story is that on the site where the ground has been built was where the fire hydrants in New York were made. So we <laughs> right. the fire hydrants in Rotherham and shipped them over to New York. Um, it's, as tedious, it's as tenuous as that, really. <laughs> I just thought it was a great marketing ploy, you know. Is, we are yeah. New York. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Re- reinvented ourselves. I mean, it's, I mean yeah. You, you, you got some fan bases out in America now, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. That'll, that'll be it next. That'll be it, definitely. Oh, the Rotherham United Giants. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but is it, I mean, so of course, then it's central. I mean, that that must be a big bonus then to have a new stadium 
you know, central to central to the town. I, as, mm. as as a football fan, you must travel around a fair bit to away games where you're out on the edge of the city and you think we got lucky here having something still so close to your spiritual home. Um, it's, yeah, it's really it's really strange. You can, from one way, you, see, you can almost see the old stadium. Um, this one is more centralised. It's within a ten minute walk of the train station. So for away fans, it's it's really convenient. There's parking next to it as well. Some, you know, not, not just a, a million pound parking in some bingo car park. It's a it's a proper car park and easy links. And they've they've redone the road layout near it as well. Council council have fully backed what we've done. This is not sort of you get some areas where the council do, don't back the football club, and the council have been fully supportive to it. Um, the only slight issue that we've got the old where they used to make the fire hydrants and stuff, the building's still there. It's a derelict building, but it's a it's a listed building, which means we can't knock it down. So we're having to jump through hoops to do this, to try and make it into something else. That's the only minor uh, downside to it, but it is just that. That's just when you walk into the ground, once you get inside it, it's a fantastic stadium. It looks, from the outside, it looks massive, but it only was 12,000, but it just looks huge. They've done it, they've done it in a way where it's really, really steep. So you feel like you're on top of the game all the time, which coming from Don Valley with Athletic Stadium, they, they, they knew what they were doing. You know, they, they wanted to make sure the fans felt like they were back on top of the game, like you, like you were at Millmore. Right. Um, but we are in close, close now. It's just a fantastic place to watch football. Brilliant. What's, what's the atmosphere like in there? Does, does it, is it comparable to the old grounds? Do you, do you keep a good racket going or is it designed in a way... You know, some of these mm. new stadiums tend to lose a bit of the atmosphere, don't they? But how's, how's the New York's? Noise? It's one of those stadiums that if, if you get a good, a decent, or not even a, not even a massive away following, but a decent away following, then it creates a really good atmosphere. Because it's been, it has been designed in a way to keep the atmosphere in. But in League One and back in the League Two days, you get away fans with a hundred away fans, mm-hmm. less than that sometimes. So if you haven't got an, a, an okay away base, then it does sort of feel a little bit flat at times. Um, it's not one of them stadiums where all the noise is always made by one, one team. It, it has to sort of, and it builds and builds. It, uh, it, ha- it has some quiet days, uh, to be fair. In the, when we're in the championship, it's almost always rocking. It's fantastic. It's fantastic because you get fan- massive clubs in championship. Uh, and on derby days, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, but when those smaller teams, when we play those smaller teams, we're not a big club. When we play those smaller teams, it can it can not always be the best. Whereas Millmore was always one of those grounds with the atmosphere was always amazing. Mm-hmm. That's that's maybe, maybe a slight difference, really. Now you mentioned Derby Day there. I mean, so for, for people outside the UK, maybe don't know where Rotherham is. Um, mm. Who are who, who are you referring to there? <laughs> yeah, uh, the big rivals is Sheffield Wednesday. The two Sheffield clubs, uh, Sheffield United. Well, I'm sure everyone knows been in the Premier League recently. Um, Sheffield Wednesday used to be a successful club but have fallen into some really, really bad times recently. But and Sheffield Wednesday are our big rivals. Um, they don't like to admit it, but they don't like us either. Um, uh, and that, that, the, the, we, South Yorkshire is a hotbed of football. You've got two Sheffield clubs. Barnsley's not far away, which is a big rival with them. You've got Doncaster, which is not far from us as well. Chesterfield as well. We're in non league at the minute. Um, and then you can go even a bit further further north, Leeds United. We've had some great games against Leeds United in the past. Uh, always been a massive amount of fans as well. Um, the, this this area of the country, and they're, and they're all similar to us. You've got such a diehard fan. Obviously, the bigger clubs, so they've got more of them. 
but there's such a die-hard core of these football clubs in Yorkshire and the north of England. Um, it's really special. Darwin is a special. They're stressful, <laughs> and they don't always go our way, but <laughs> they are special. Oh, that's great. So you get on, got a reasonable relationship with Sheffield United there, then, more than, because you sort of alluded to mm. there, that Wednesday's the big arrival. There's a slightly friendlier, friendlier relationship with United, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, we don't want, we're not certainly not best of friends, um, but they had, they had, they had uh, Neil Warnock, I'm sure a lot of people will have heard of, he was the former Sheffield United manager. When we were going through a lot of financial difficulties in the mid-2000s, Sheffield United and Neil Warnock did, did us some massive favours by sending us some players across free, no loan fee, no, no wage fee. So since then, there's been a lot of goodwill towards mm-hmm. each other uh, because the help that they gave us during those financial times. And I think that's because we don't like Sheffield Wednesday as well there's been a bit more friendship with that at our help <laughs> yeah. uh, but the help that they gave us was was fantastic and certainly for me and people of my age that's not certainly not forgotten ah, brilliant 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 now I hope you'll indulge me a little bit here I have always always have to ask about this bit um, I mean I'm, I'm a big fan of the work of the football trusts the you know football in the community that goes on around the UK uh, I think it's vastly sort of under under celebrated. Now, mm. I mean at Rotherham, I, I assume you've got another trust, a, a club, you know, a community action program there. What's what sort of work do they do to help to help in the in the community? Well, yeah, they, they were particularly when we moved to Don Valley. That's when they were, it's always been pretty good at Rotherham. Uh, you know, the football community type thing. But then when we moved to Don Valley, because we were detached from the, from the town, there was a really, really concerted effort to get the club involved in the town, even though we weren't playing in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of work done going to schools, which still happens now, just trying to make everybody feel part of the club and part of the town, even though we weren't in it. Um, and that keeps growing. You, you, they do a lot of stuff, uh, you know, college people, college students can go there and do courses throughout through, through the club. Um, whether it's apprenticeships or coaching courses or whatever else, there's, there's a lot of work there. Oh, uh, during the pandemic, the, the club went, even our manager went and delivered some groceries and some some shopping to, you know, elderly people who couldn't get out at the start of the pandemic. Even the players did it. They, they're making such an effort. We've got a great setup in terms of people. Um, and there is, they, they really, they know what it means to the town of a football club and they're, and they're really trying to, keep that connection going, which is really important. Really is. I, I, I know this isn't Rotherham connected, but I read today on Twitter, I believe it was, Gary mm. Mabbott, Gary Mabbott made over 3,000 phone calls to to people in isolation yeah. during during, uh, this, during the pandemic, just to give them support. And it just yeah. for me, it just sort of highlighted the great work that's that's gone on mm. by so many football clubs. And it's great, you know, Rob, you said, is it Paul Paul Warns your your manager? Yeah, Paul Warns. Yeah, Paul yeah. Warns. He's a great guy. Yeah, getting out, delivering groceries. He said no football going on for six months, so he's helping out in the community, mm. and that's that's bloody brilliant stuff. You yeah, know? so many people are, are there complaining, and they're they're being proactive and and bringing mm. good. So all, all credit to them. Now, moving on. Moving on, moving on. Uh, you mentioned uh, about the supporters sort of taking over the running of the club back in the noughties mm. and having a deal, but there's, 
Am I right? It's the club's changed hands again with the move to the New York Stadium. Am I? So, how yeah. how does supporters sort of get get involved? Is the supporter voice heard there, or is is there sort of concerns that if we go down the the route of supporters taking over, we could end up in the problems that we had back in at the, mm. the end of the Millmore days? How 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 is it organised? There is the sort of a supporter liaison officer, or what's what's the setup like? There isn't anything like that at the minute, really, no. Um, but there's a big trust. So because of when Tony Stewart was the current chair, when he first came in, there was we, we, he took us away to Don Valley, and there was a massive amount of scepticism about him because we didn't know him. You know, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a football man. He's, he is genuinely just a local businessman who's made his money through um, through hard work, basically. Um, and then you know, when, when he took us to Don Valley, he says, "We'll get we'll be back in Rotherham with inside four years." And as football fans do, because we know everybody's going, yeah, right, we'll see, you know. And then he did. He took us back within the four years. Um, and not only did he take us back within four years, he then instantly brought us success. Mm-hmm. Um, he took over after the second time we almost went bust. So we, we, we were after a spell, of one of the worst times in the club's history. We were languishing in League Two, almost went bust twice. Um, so because of, because of what he did, there's been this trust built up that he is a local man, you know, he knows the area, he knows how important it is, but he's done what he said, he's promised us, you know, he's promised that we'd be in championship within four years of being at new stadium, we were in championship within two years. Um, you know, he's a very ambitious, he talks about getting to the top flight and things like that, which is nice to hear, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's nice nice to hear the ambition that's there. Um, when we get relegated, we got relegated last season, you're always going to get people complaining a little bit, but we are one of the best run clubs in the entire country. Mm-hmm. We turn we turn profits. All over the pandemic times, we turn profits, and clubs in England do not turn profits. It, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the times we went through, it's important to have a football club because we almost lost it twice, like, like I already mentioned. There, there's certainly a trust level there. You know, mm-hmm. that, I'm sure that won't last forever. Um, but there certainly is a trust level there. So there's no there has never been a push since then for more support or involvement, even though they do listen to sports on social media and things such as that. Ah, that's good, though. That's good. It's great to hear. Sustainability mm. is something that is vastly important in football. Exactly. <laughs> these, these days, uh, it's, it's <laughs> great. I mean, it really is. And as you mentioned, you know, Paul Warren's one of the highly respected managers across mm. the league. So I've sat on a number of seminars with him myself, and I know he's a, a top bloke. He really is. Yeah. Now, We've spoken about finance and community output now for the really important stuff. Uh, what are the best pubs to go to near the ground on, <laughs> on a match? <laughs> um, there's, I'll be honest with you, I don't go that. I, I normally just rock up at 20 to 3. Um, there's a couple of famous, well known ones. Counterborough is one of the ones that's well known for mm-hmm. a lot of you know, match day. Um, for a lot, of, a lot of fans go in there. Uh, but because it's so close to the town centre, there's loads that you know. You, you, there's probably six pubs within walking distance, oh, um, which is which is handy. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's you're talking about match day atmospheres, and that that's where the match day atmosphere starts in a pub before the game. When yeah. you get a good good group of people in there, and the songs going. So fair play. And being a Yorkshire club, I can. It's one of the first opportunities I've had. I've had to ask. What the pie's like? 
mean, <laughs> <laughs> got to have some yes. good pies there. Absolutely. <laughs> we have pucker pies. Uh, it from from Yorkshire knows about pucker pies. Uh, chicken balti pie before the game is a bit of a ritual. Uh, oh. Sounds sounds like it shouldn't work, but it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's yeah. I when I was last season, I was doing a tour of Scotland, and in Scotland they got great pies. Mm. So it was it's like yeah. a battle royale going on for the best pie yeah. in Scotland. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd love to do a tour of all the clubs in Yorkshire. I think for that as well. I mean, it'd be, it'd be, yeah. Pretty good. Now, uh, I mean, we're, we're recording this in, in pre-season. I think it'll probably go out in pre just before the start of the season. But how's your pre-season been going? Are you you're fe- feeling optimistic? Um, results have gone fine. Uh, we've drawn one and won the rest of them, uh, scoring some reasonable goals. Uh, our transfer business, it, the, we've t- I've talked about this a lot on, on our podcast, this transfer window in England this summer it's probably the strangest and quietest I've ever seen. I've never known anything like it. The Euros haven't helped. The pandemic's not helped. Um, we have signed, we're recording uh, late July. We've made one signing so far, um, which is really bizarre. You know, we're, we're, we're the type of club who likes to get the business done early. We went on a pre-season trip to Hungary. We like to have all our signings done by then is, is the standard type of thing. We've got a really, really good... 10 to 15 players for mm-hmm. League One. A really, really good core. But we're, we've already got two centre-backs injured and we've already got our first shots left-back injured. So that 14 or 15 players becomes 12-ish. Um, this real, we, we're desperate for some backup. But then there's no point... The, Paul Warren's talked about this a lot. He's not going to bring players in for the sake of bringing players in which I agree with, and I think it's the right way to go, but then it puts us in a position where we can only buy players that are better than we've already got, which makes it difficult. We've been stuck in a little bit of a cycle. Um, we've just sold Matt Crooks, who's gone to Middlesbrough as one of our best players last year for a million plus. That will help. You know, We've got a bit of cash now in the bank, which we can use. Um, it's a typical fan thing to say for, for us, but it's, it's really too early for us to say, where we're going to be. A couple of injuries and we will be in, we're going to be nowhere near the top six. But a couple of neat additions and a bit of look with injury and suspensions. And we've got a very, very solid top of the top of the top of the league one type team. It really is on a bit of a knife edge. I, I still think we're probably five or six players short of a really good squad, a full squad. Um, but we see just a more than a week before the start of the season. So there's a chance we could get them in. But then it is a bit last minute and then there's the gelling issue and it's it's a concern. But at the same time, I have full faith that in our recruitment team that they will get it right and I, I hope they do. Fingers crossed. I mean, it's hmm. it, has the, the wage cap come in this year in League One? It came in last year came and now in. they've scrapped it. They've scrapped it already, <laughs> they've yeah. They've scrapped it after a so, season, yeah. So it's, it's back after, after that complete farce and now that the finances are even tighter coming to the end of COVID. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going to exactly. scra- scra- scrap it now and let people spend what they want. <laughs> it's looking like a cracking league, though, isn't it? League one, so mm. right. And what, what are the, what, of course, you've got the derby. I was going to say, what are the yeah. way days you're looking, <laughs> looking forward to? But you've got, how many derbies are there this season? For? Uh, we've got two, two Yorkshire derbies, Sheffield Wednesday and Doncaster. Uh, we, we played both of them at home in the first month. 
Um, right. But then we've got some great away days. Wigan's a good away day. We've got them early on. Um, I've got Accrington Stanley, who not a very big club, but a great away day. <laughs> Uber day. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough league. There's probably, we talk, we talk about this a lot, there's probably about 14 teams in, a 24, in this 2014 league who think they will get promoted, and only three can. Um, it's, it's tough. We're a yo-yo club. We get called a yo-yo club. We're in League One a lot. This is the toughest League One I can remember in a long, long time. It's really tough this year. To call. So yeah, agree, agree completely. It's it looks incredible. It's going to be a great mm. watch as well. As a neutral, yeah. as a neutral, I can understand yeah. if you disagree. <laughs> now, um, I mean, Matt, the podcast. What's what's the plan with the podcast this season? You're going to be putting out weekly episodes. How's how's that going to be mm. working? Uh, we try to do two episodes a week. Um, so we try to release one on Monday, which is a review of the Saturday game. Mm. Uh, and then if we've got a Tuesday game, we'll preview the Tuesday game. And then we do one on Friday, which is, again, a, a review of, if we play midweek, review the Tuesday game, and a preview of the coming Saturday game. Um, with Because of so much happens, we, we find it difficult, because we like, we like talking about Rotherham, so we find <laughs> it difficult to fit everything. If we did one episode a week, we'd miss so much. Uh, we feel like so two episodes a week Monday, Monday and Friday start your week wheels and end your week wheels is, uh, is, is our feeling <laughs> uh, great one great one and where can people find it are you on all the sort of the normal providers and that yeah absolutely yeah iTunes Spotify anyway anywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube as well New York Talk on YouTube um, if you prefer to watch it uh, there'll be some fan stuff we've got some changes coming in the year where one of our fans is going to sort of film in the stadium, fan reactions and things such as that. So that should be really, really looking forward to that. Um, I think it should be really cool. Ah, great fun, great fun. Well, I mean, thanks, thanks for that today. I've, I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, people who want to get in touch on the social medias, where's where's the best place for it? Uh, Twitter or anything like that? Yeah, Twitter's the best place for us. Pretty active on Twitter, uh, at RUFC underscore pod. Um, is our Twitter Twitter place we, we put a lot of stuff out and any, anytime we put something new out you'll, you'll be able to see it through there um, and yeah follow Miller it's a great laugh following <laughs> Rodney United so what a bit of fun <laughs> it's, it's been a laugh tonight definitely I've really enjoyed it it's been great for the insight as well it's yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's a good story and mm. I, I wish you the best for the season ahead it'd be great to see the Millers back up in the championship again uh, uh, yeah, be, be superb really would be well that's it for today everyone of course you can follow me across the social media as well at Ucrafot24 uh, but till next time it's been the 15th episode of the 92 uh, take care, stay safe and goodbye for now